This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And here we are in the second hour in the locker room. Max Starks, myself, Ninja Jacob, doing his, uh, you getting your ad work done in there, Ninja? Yes, he is indeed. He gives me the thumbs up, you know. I, Max and I, we our ad work is watching our abs. <laughs> Grow bigger. Oh, they're working all right. Oh, they're working. <laughs> they're yep. working. Yep. Yeah, at lunch. They work there at lunch, at dinner. You know. That that's... rumble is not flexing. <laughs> that rumble in the tummy is not flexing. I'm not flexing my abs. <laughs> all right, here we go. T.J. Watt, all right? <laughs> Moving back to T.J. Watt. You know, unfortunately, uh, and again, we don't know where he's at based on uh, the game this Sunday. Certainly, getting T.J. back would be huge. You think about it, Max. One of the things that there was some success that the Steelers had early on when they uh, when we had Melvin Ingram. You know, you go to a three linebacker set using the three linebackers, Alex Highsmith, Melvin, and TJ in one defensive you know personnel grouping, and doing some things on against the run game that that did have some advantages. Um, but you can't do any of that sort of thing when you're talking about. Um, you know, when you're when you're talking about uh, you, you don't have TJ, you don't have Alex Smith, you uh, you've got Derek Tuska, and you got Taco Charlton. Yeah, it, it's tough because I mean the best laid plans, right, uh, have to go by the wayside. I mean, we saw some things in that Buffalo game that I thought were going to be headaches for teams moving right. this season. But remember the triple outside linebacker set? That's that's you what know, I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you had you had some cool things going with how they were kind of running um, a triple twist up the middle. Yes. Uh, with a with an ad, and they were all outside backers. I mean, you know, there was some things where they were doing some some three line with with backers playing at at at, at the at the inside backer positions. And some and some stunts that were working. It was it, it looked great. It was beautiful. And then we get to you know the first quarter of that Raiders game. Oof. You lo- you lose Tyson Alawalu. Yep. Then we get then we get to midway through the second quarter. Then we lose TJ. Yep. And then next thing you know, it's where are we going to go? You're scrambling the rest of the way trying to find the identity. Then we get into week three, and you have Jameer Jones. Yes. You know, that's in the rotation with Alex Highsmith. And that's the first time we see Derek Tuska, right? Got him off a of P-Squad, brought him over. And then and then you have Melvin Ingram still working in there. But then after that week, you lose Jameer Jones to waivers because he played so well, another team wanted him. <laughs> and right. so now you're like, oh, man, okay, we we don't have TJ. You know, we're, Alex Highsmith was kind of banged up. And so now you got to play with Mel Ingram and Derek Tuska. And then you get TJ back. Then you, you trade for Taco Charlton. Then Melvin's snaps drop. And then he's upset because he's not getting enough time and he wants a trade. Right. And then by Cleveland, the trade deadline happens. He's a chief. And it's just it's one of those things where you just see it. It's like you it's almost like you never catch your breath, right? Because there's always some type of setback that prevents you from being at full strength. Uh, you know, it, it's, it, you know, it's the rehab process. And guys aren't playing as well as we thought they would. Um, you know, but you also, you realize the standard can only be the standard for so long. 
um, to where you can maintain that base level of acceptance. Right. It's going to drop at some point. Inexperience is going to outweigh a great game plan because you can't make the technical changes or the nuanced changes to tweak it to make it great because you don't know. What you don't know is what you don't know in that moment. And so that's what we're experiencing. We're experiencing that guys are literally trying to run it as opposed to having the instinctual feel because they've seen this before. Oh, yep, I've seen what happens when they line up three tight ends to one side. They often like to run to the weak side because they get better box numbers, right? Right. From the center on over. Mm -hmm. Young guy, hey, I got to talk this overload. They're coming right here. (laughs) And and then then you get buried down in it, and the guy hits you on the backside for a 20-yard gain Mm -hmm. on a rush. Yeah. You know, those are the things you just – you have to play and you have to feel it, and we can't make them mature faster than they are because we don't have the time machine, right? We wish we did, but you don't have we've the time machine. We've already talked about it. <laughs> yeah, we've already talked about it. So you can't so you can't speed up this process and it's ugly, right? We, you know, we talked about it. When you're first growing your hair long, there's that ugly phase, right? Where you're like, "Man, I just want to cut this off and just I don't you know, I don't want long hair." But if you get through the ugly phase, your hair gets long, you're like, "All right, I can put I can put I can slick it back or you know, I I can braid it or whatever." Um <clears throat> depending on your hairstyle, but you ha- we're in the ugly phase right now, and it's not pretty. And, and, and you know, and I said this uh, weeks ago. I said, if the Steelers want to win this season, it's going to have to be ugly. You're not going to have these 10, 15, 20, 21-point blowouts. Of te- it's just not happening. It's yeah. not, you're not built that way. It has to be a dogfight, and it has to be ugly. You need to take the other team, which – has more experience more often than not when you're up against them you you have to take you have to, you you have to take them out of their comfort zone right you have to you have to bring the you have to pull them down to your level and say listen listen i i, I got i got all i got is this tape and these knuckles <laughs> and we're and we're about to duke it out in the alley you know and maybe i'll find a trash can lid or something but this is about to be a back alley brawl for four quarters that's how you have to make the game and that's what we saw in baltimore yes right Yes, Baltimore. that was a double-fisted, double-chin-strap affair. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and, and and yes, did you want to go through it against, like, Chicago's of the world? But no, you still – but you gutted it out and got the victory. The Seahawks, you gutted it out got the victories. That's what it's got to be the rest of the way. You have to make a decision that it's going to get dark. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get a little strange. And we're going to have to make you feel more uncomfortable than we're feeling. And that's how we're going to win the game. You know, it's funny because you you forget, and especially a guy like T.J. Watt, just how great his moments were. You know I mean? The, the big moments. I mean, you think about it. All right, go back to the Buffalo game like you're talking about. Besides Cam Hayward, Cam Hayward had a monster game that day too. I mean, he, oh. he oh, took yeah. uh, Feliciano, the guard there, and just spun him like a top. But T.J. Watt had two cheat sacks. Code. Cheat code. Cheat That's code. what we call it. Oh, is it? That Cam Hayward was cheat code. He was yeah. cheat code? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know what the young people said about that. All right. Yeah. All right, but T.J., cheat code, then, had two sacks and a forced fumble at Buffalo. I mean, that was a monster way to start the season, you know, because this guy yeah. just has that knack of the big play at the big moment in the big games. And guys like that are – Few and far in between that can be that productive. We saw one last night. Aaron Donald's the other guy that is such oh, a super, dude. superb performer. 
which, by the way, I have to tell you because it's it's my only scouting moment in my life, okay? Um, I used to okay. do the high school game of the week, you know, here in Pittsburgh for, for yeah. Fox Sports. And I w- did one of Aaron's uh, games when he was in high school. And I'll never forget saying, and the only time I've ever said I said, you know, we may see this kid playing on Sundays someday in the future. Ha! Little did I know yeah, I, I was Wolfster Thomas. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Wolfster Thomas. Yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious, but I mean, what a what a what a monster player he has turned into, and what a huge, huge, um, I don't know, another big time guy in big time games and big time moments. Because even great players don't necessarily have that sense of momentary. You know, I've got to make the play in this moment, like a Joe Green has done. Well, and I think that that's one of the things is is talent recognizes talent at the end of True. the day. I mean, that's one of the, the beauties of calling games, you know, and I have the privilege of calling college games. So I get to see a lot of kids who have that aspiration um, to be in the NFL, to, to play at that next level. But, you know, not all of them have that skill set. Right. And – you know, I've been blessed and fortunate. You know, I I, I watched Devin Singletary, who put, was running back for the Bill. I watched him for four years at FAU, mm-hmm. and I was like, dude, this kid, this kid's going to be a player. Like, this kid has something special about Alex Highsmith, right? At at, at Charlotte, I re- I remember I remember calling up one of my buddies up there in the, in the scouting department. I'm like, hey man, you need to check out this this Highsmith kid, right? He's right. pretty good. He's pretty good. <laughs> you know, You're right. Kalen Balaj, when he was at ASU out here. Um, you know, I, I just it was like you, you notice when you see some of those special ones, it's just like, wow, okay, this kid's got it. And, and you got to see Aaron Donald, you know, at a high school level, you know, doing it at, at the at the at, at the height of it, you know. And I look at it, like I had Byron Murphy, who's a cornerback now for the Cardinals, right? When he was at Saguaro High School out here, I was I was like you, Wolf. I was calling high school games <laughs> out the gate. You know? It's good work. I call it. Yeah, I'm calling it for 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 the AIA out here, and it was on the internet. It wasn't it wasn't even a TV game; it was an internet game. And I was like, "Man, this kid this kid's going to be problems on Sundays." Um, and the kid's a second round draft pick out of Washington. You know, he leaves Saguaro, goes to Washington, right. and the Cardinals pick him up. I mean, it, it's when you know, you know, and talent talent recognizes talent in those moments, and it's just cool to see him at that young age, right? Because at that point, it's still passion. It's oh, all yeah. love yeah. at that point, and you're just doing it because you you want to you want to be the man on campus. You know what I'm saying? When you walk around high school, you know, it's like, hey, you saw what I did. You saw what I did Friday night, right? You saw what I did? <laughs> yeah, slung him down. Yep, that was me. All right, Letterman's jacket in tow. You know, <laughs> got the pin, got the pin on uh, on the letter. Right. You're like, yeah, I, I'm big man on campus. But and then it translates to when it becomes your job, your profession, and that's a cool thing to see kids get to realize their dreams i mean it's a cool thing and I, that's why that's why i love calling broadcast games which i'm sure why you like broadcasting games because you get to see guys absolutely at their best because they're doing what they love and that's what game day is you're doing what you love. you don't love mondays you don't no. love thursday you know nine it's on the seven. game days baby no it's game day it's board meeting day <laughs> this is where i get to show everybody what i've been doing what has Max been doing back at the woodshed? He's whittling wood. Well, here it is. Yep. It's my flea market day. I'm here to sell my wares. <laughs> you know, it's funny because you ask my mom, Hoopy, right? She she tells the story of when I was seven years old, and I told her that I was going to be a pro football player. I don't know why. It was, you know, just 
something that, you know, I'd picked up on, but, you know, God gave that ability and that desire to me of which, you know, it has been just the greatest blessing of my life, one one of the greatest blessings, I should say, um, because having the opportunity to do what we do, as you talk about, is such a privilege, it's such an honor, and it's so much fun. You know, it's like I always used to say about Tunch, you know, doing it. I said, what's not to like about my job? I'm hanging out with my best friend of 40 years. I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm eating free food, you know, uh, getting paid for it. You know, I'm watching my favorite team, my favorite sport. What's not to like, you know? That's, that's a good yeah. deal. You know, it's, yeah. so you, you'd be grateful. Yes, there is much to be grateful for. And one of the things I'm grateful for is the fact that the Steelers still have an opportunity to be able to be in the fight for a playoff spot. I mean, and that is something that, hey, look, I know the road is tough. I know that a lot of things have to happen. But there is no reason in the world to get your dauber down now and get uh, all, you know, you know, dis- discombobulated about the whole thing. Because the fact is, you still have that opportunity, especially as a player, Max, you know. You still have that opportunity to be able to to conduct your business and get it done your way and be able to get yourself into the playoffs. And you know how it is. Once you get there and you've been in that, uh, let's see, that 05 season when uh, things just yeah. f- didn't fall your way, you made it fall your way. You guys went out and did it. And that, uh, hey, look, first, six, first time six, a sixth round, or I mean a, a sixth spot, team ever won the Super Bowl. It was with you guys. Yeah, because yeah, you realize the clock resets. After January 9th, everybody's 0-0. Right. You know, it, that, that, that's in the dance. But you're in the dance. You right. You have an opportunity. And that, that, you know, here's and the thing I always tell, because I actually had some friends, you know, that called me about it. Like, man, why don't the Steelers just lose the rest of these games out no. so they can get a top 10 pick? I said – Absolutely not. I was like, no. Now, listen, I was like, you can take that to South Beach. You know, you can go to Miami. You can talk right. about tanking for Tua and all this. Other. I was like, there is pride here. I was like, listen, the reason why we've drafted so high over the last two decades is because something has gone right. It means we, we're good. We're a good team that just needs to add some pieces. And even when you're in a rebuild mode, I said, listen, they're like, man, we're you know we never get anybody good because we're drafting middle to the end of the of, of the first round year after year after year, and that's why our talent is. I said, listen, there's teams who draft in the top five year after year after year that still suck. Yeah, I was like, so it's not a guarantee. I can tell you this right now, as it stands, the teams who drafted in the top four last year are probably going to draft in the top five this year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. Jacksonville had the number one overall pick. You don't think Jacksonville's in line to get the number one overall pick again? The Jets had the number two pick. Where are they at right now? Right. Detroit Lions, they drafted four. They're probably going to draft three. So just because you're in the top ten does not guarantee you're going to get this life-changing player that's going to change your franchise. And honestly, I've seen all the kids this year. I don't know if I want to be in the top (laughs) ten. Right. I'm just, I'm just saying, just saying. Your top guy, Kayvon Thibodeau, from Oregon. Yeah, he's good. Is he going to be the life changer that's going to change your franchise? Probably not. Probably not. He's going to be good. Right scheme. He's going to be good. He's a very good defensive end. And I'm not trying to tank this kid's draft status, but I'm like, that's. It's made up of a culmination of guys, and it takes the right system. You have to be in your DNA when you're drafting. 
and you have to draft like-minded guys that go well to fit the puzzle. You're not. I, I'm not going to go get this big shiny piece, and I need a medium-sized piece that fits into everything and gives us a clear picture. Because guess what? I'm now banging in. I'm now moving other guys around to make space for this to fit. When you need a guy, when I got a guy, I could take a couple picks later. Boom! That drops in. Plug and play. That, so that's where people can't get enamored with the draft number. You know, if there's a guy you need to reach for, you'll make a trade. You'll get into a position if you feel like there's going to be a run on a guy. Um, you know, but other than that, it is what it is at this point. And right now, we're we're probably in the middle of the draft. Right, <laughs> we're at 500. So no, no, there you go. We're in the middle of the averages, <laughs> but you know. If we don't make the playoffs, guess what? We're drafting. We're drafting seventeen or below. Hey, you know I'm, that's the reality. Of it. Now, because of the way we're set up, right, with seven teams on each conference, fourteen of those picks are all draft are, are all playoff teams. So eighteen to thirty-two is all draft. So we're not going to be up there if we're not in the playoffs. But if we are, it's still a good place to be. It's still a good place to be because it means we're still building. Absolutely. Good word, my friend. Mo, hold on to that because we got to pick up when, when we come back. That's interesting. All right, we'll be back with more uh, Wolf Starks and the Ninjas after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And you're in the locker room, Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas. <laughs> in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And the number is 412-919-1316. And, uh, yeah, I know you're there, Max, right? I, okay, just I got... want to make sure. Just want to make sure. If I'm not on screen, I'm still here, Wolf. Just I know. wanted to make sure you knew that. I, I was sitting there. My, head, my headsets extend. <laughs> Oh, that was funny. Max, let me ask you something, because this this kind of popped in my gourd while uh, we, we were on that break. And I was, you know, tanking for Tua, that sort of thing, right? You know, I am so adamantly opposed to stuff like that because one one time you quit, it's easier to quit the next time. One time you tank, you get, it's easier to do it again, right? It's the culture of the expectation of winning that has been a bedrock, a foundational principle of the Steelers ever since Joe Green arrived. I mean, really, Joe Green's arrival signaled a turning point in the history or the future, I should say, from, you know, we're going back to the future, in the future of the Steelers franchise. He is truly one of those guys that if you had a Mount Rushmore of the Steelers franchise, he is right there on it. Um, simply put, this guy really helped to turn things around. And I can't ever imagine Joe sitting there going, yeah, I think, the, you know what, we should lay down. Yeah, I think we should tank. That, to, to me, that's just so anal- analogous to analogous. I'm sorry, analogous. I was, trying to, I was, trying, analogous. To, I I was trying to impress Hoopy, you know, because I know she's listening. She was yeah, driving yeah. home. She was here in town for a while, you know. So, oh, yeah, awesome. Absolutely. So I was trying to throw a big one out there, and, you know, I just stumbled myself. But anyhow, um, I can't ever, ever imagine uh, Joe Green saying, yeah, it's okay to tank. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, guys, guess what? You don't have to play as hard. It's okay. Because you know what? We have a guy that we want to replace you with. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, essentially, it's, it's like, well, if, if you want to lay down, 
That's okay. We'll find somebody that will stand. As as Mike T said already this year, we don't want prisoners. We want volunteers. Right, right. And and I I don't know how in your psychological mind you can ever be okay with wanting to lose a game. Um, no. You know, I, I look at it and even less than your spirit. best effort. You're, I mean, yeah. you know what it is to yeah. build up day by day to go into that game. You want everything. Check all the boxes physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. Be prepared. Be ready to go and give it your very best. That's what's inherent in nature to us. Yeah, and and and, and that's why you play this game. Right. It's the spirit of competition. I want to prove that I'm better than you, and I right. get a platform to do it. On Sunday, guess what? A lot of people are watching. I'm, I mean, I could go do this in my backyard. You know, I could go find my buddy. <laughs> the Nobody pay was not as good, though. No, the pay's not as pay good. Pay was definitely not as good. And the medical, the medical benefits afterwards, <laughs> you know, they suck. I'm just going to be honest. Um, but this, this is what your job is. You know, it, it's entertainment, but it's pure competition at, at, at its rawest form. And it, <clears throat> Sorry. And it's team competition on top of that. You get to go out and we get to see, hey, our study group was better than your study group. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Hey, I I, I had some great study groups I was a part of. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're not talking to Syracuse. Uh, it's okay. We, it's when you went for your masters yeah. at, at at Pittsburgh. No <laughs> doubt about it. Yeah, my mom's listening, so you know, I know I get like, oh yeah, yeah, I was part of some great study groups there. Exactly. I graduated, mom. What are you talking about? I graduated. Graduated up to the NFL. What are you talking about? That's the only degree I need is a shield. <laughs> that's this is more like going back to that. You lost the ball, and I lost my man. So let's just call it quits. Call it even. Call you, it even. All, all square. Because you know why? <laughs> my man, you found my man, and I found the ball. <laughs> exactly. Look at that. We got it covered. Like a game of hide and seek. Game of hide and seek. We win. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that, oh, that, that, that spiral that's, out now. Yeah, but I, but I think the biggest thing is, is that, you know, when you talk about, t- that's never been the Steelers' way. No, and the Steeler way, like you said, since Joe Green has been here, there's been a level of excellence that is expected, and expectations are only put when there's precedence in place. True, and there's been precedence. Yes, we've. There are six Lombardi trophies sitting upstairs in the Steelers facility on Water Street, and that is the excellence. That's the standard. That's the cross you bear, so to speak. Right. Um, when, When you step in there, it's your. It means your best effort. Yeah. Now, now, there's been more than six teams that have played for the Steelers over over its history since 1933. <laughs> right. But that it, it's a standard to say nothing less than your best, whatever your best is. Because, like you said, Joe Green came and said, "I want to take a moment because it's the best I'm going to feel until yeah. March." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, but that's that's what it is. This time of year, everybody's banged up. Yep. The only way you're not banged up is when you're where we are. Right. Sitting on our butts. That's the only way you're not injured if you play the game of football. You know, and even then, I mean, if you see well, this low, point, you get, well, at this point in time, yeah, some of us are still egg. banged up. Yeah. Yeah. Still banged up. But I think that that's that. So that's all that, that you could ask for. Yeah. Hey, we go out. There's going to be a winner and there's a loser. Right. And unfortunately, there's also a tie. But anywho, <laughs> that's only a regular season. Um, but you go to play the game to see who's going to be the better team on that day and if it wasn't we would just simulate a schedule and we would just hand it off based off of rosters 
we wouldn't play the game. You play the game because we see this, but you can always overcome. This is a chance for resiliency. This is a chance for grit. This is a chance for determination. And show me that you want it more than the other guys. Just like the Ravens were the number one seed. We didn't have a playoff number attached to us. We were in that category called in the hunt. Right. And guess what we did? We still beat that number one seed. Absolutely. So yep. that's what makes it all possible. And that's why, guys, that's why you have to play and fight for something. And like you said, we get to January 9th, the dust settles, we'll figure out what happens. But up until that point, you fight, you claw, you scratch, you have less than a month left to prove that you deserve that ticket. And I got $50, Wolf. Now I'm still <laughs> waiting for that ticket. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm going to get in with $50. I'm not paying that face value of $100. I'm not doing it. (laughs) How do you get those great deals? I mean, come on. Is it a Groupon? (laughs) No, I mean, you know, Groupon helps. But, uh, you know, when you find that scalper that's got like 20 tickets and it's like 10 minutes before a kickoff, you you got to unload them. You got to unload them, baby. (laughs) All right, let's go to the phones. The number is 412-919-1316. We're starting off with Greg in Dubois, 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 Pennsylvania. Greg, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me on the phone. Hey, I was uh, I was originally calling to talk about something completely different, and then you guys started talking about training camp. So oh, I, dear. I yep. figured I'd just tell you a training camp story that I encountered. All right. Um, there we go. <laughs> it was actually my first time at training camp, and I think uh, Max, you might have been there. Um, okay. So I was standing in the end zone. Uh, the far end zone there against the fence with my AB jersey had draped over the edge. And, and uh, the guys came out. You guys were all warming up. D'Angelo Williams was on the team at the time. So it was uh, D'Angelo Williams, AB, uh, Lev Bell, and Ben all sitting in the end zone stretching out. From across the field, this deep voice yells, Happy birthday, D-Will. And... Uh, so this goes on a couple more times. You hear this, happy birthday, D-Will. D'Angelo Williams just looking back, shaking his head. So about the fourth or fifth time, the whole crowd starts singing happy birthday to D'Angelo Williams. No D'Angelo kidding. Williams just, D'Angelo Williams just lays back in the ground, throws his hands up, starts shaking his head. He's like, oh, my God, it's not even my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. The whole time it's back there, it's Cam Hayward standing up yelling, happy birthday, D-Will. From from that point on, I was hooked going to St. Vincent and hooked on Cam Hayward as my favorite Steeler. I mean, it was just the most funniest thing I've ever seen happen at a training camp. Um, And and since then, I've met like uh, Eli Rogers, Marcus Wheaton, um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, it's, it's just it's a great experience, I think, for the fans, you know, being able to go up and touch the Lombardi Trophy that's sitting there they have on the desk there at the ESPN uh, stage outside there that you can get your picture taken on. Right. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention, too, is every time I come to Pittsburgh, Wolf, I look for one thing when I come down there to eat, and I look for that Pittsburgh pierogi truck. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what your experience is with that pierogi truck, but I'm going to tell you, those are the best pierogies I've ever had in my life. You know, <laughs> you bring to mind one of the greatest moments as a young guy. I'm, I remember uh, about three years in my career because I got to go with the guys to Halula's was the veteran spot in Pittsburgh that, or in uh, training camp to hang out. The young guys uh, all went to the rookie joint was some 
uh, joint that was down in the, by the movie theaters, not not the West Moreland Mall, but you know in in Latrobe there. But Halula's was was uh, it's now Geno's, I think it is um, up there now. But they had it was Sunday night before a whole week of doubles. I mean, a whole week, and I remember sitting there at about I don't know nine o'clock, and I was kind of miserable. And it's because we were hanging out because it was air conditioned because there was no air conditioning in our dorms. So it was like you go to the movies, you go to hang out in a restaurant, whatever, a bar, just to be able to sit in the air conditioning. I ordered some pierogies, and I hadn't had pierogies, like, for years. And these were just fantabulous pierogies. And I remember sitting there going, doubles is coming, and I'm as glum as can be. But I'll tell you what, these pierogies are great. (laughs) (laughs) So you bring a fond memory to my mind there, Greg. And I thank you, sir. I'm happy to do it. You guys, thanks for uh, having me, and uh, let's go Steelers. All right, Greg. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. All right, we got time for one more. We got Big John, was it? We got Big John. Big John, you're in the locker room, brother. How are you? Hey, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How y'all doing? Fantabulous. good. Yeah, I'm out here walking in a fog bowl right now, but, (laughs) hey, I'm just just calling in, just saying, hey, uh, so – now we got Tennessee at home. Uh, well, we'll see. What do y'all think? We're going to see the first half Steelers or the second half Steelers? I well, <laughs> I can only hope. You know what I mean? That was so schizophrenic. You, nobody can tell you exactly what they're going to see, Max. And I would, I, I said here, I go. I just hope and pray that they start off like they finished, coming downhill with a hair on fire. Let's go. Yeah, no, yeah, it's I been mean, up and down season. That's that's what we hope. That's what we hope. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying it's just a, you know, a one in three, then we run out four in a row, and then we go tie, and then we lose two, and then we win one, back to a loss. So it's just like, you know, it's just the inconsistency. But, you know, I mean, but we all know what we saw at the end of the game and how, you know, we almost had that that catch by Frere Moose, but it didn't happen, but – I mean, as a as a loyal Steeler fan, I'm just kind of like glad I'm able to tune into y'all because y'all I'll keep it half full. <laughs> you <laughs> got to, y'all bud. Keep the hope. You got y'all yeah. keep the hope. You know, y'all keep the hope, and y'all keep uh, like you said, we go three and you know win. I mean, it'd be great to win out, but kind of see uh, Kansas City out there and how they're playing. And, but uh, you know, hopefully Santa Claus will. Take us uh, throughout the way, and we'll get that uh, chance to play in the playoffs, and maybe we'll get this ship right. Yeah, well, th- there's always that opportunity. I mean, hey, listen, you, you know, we, we got Christmas on the way. Hopefully, Santa wants to wants to give us a nice little gift, you know, after Christmas that we can open up on the 26th, and then you know, we make a New Year's resolution to be to, to be a team that starts fast, and then. Who knows? And that New Year's we got two opportunities to prove if, if we can stay on track, right? You know, with that new diet, you always yeah. make a okay. I am not. I am not going to have brisket more than once a month uh, instead of once a day. You know, I'm I, I'm yeah. going to be better. I'm going to exercise 45 minutes a day, and we'll we'll see. We'll see if that New Year's resolution comes true. So I mean, we have some opportunities, like you said. You know, the best thing about it is there's more games to play. And we're still in yeah. that race where, I mean, we're not out of it. So what you do from this point forward, you know, is 
is that consummate attitude about we're not out of it. We can still dig ourselves out of a hole, just like when you can dig yourself out of a hole from the first half we had in Minnesota and get to the moment where you can compete to win the game. Now you hope that it translates that you can get over the hump and that you don't even get into that hole and that maybe it's a 10-point hole at the most. And then you fire and yeah. then you fight back the way you did, and then that becomes a victory. So there, there is hope. You just hope that they can bring it together. They can string the sporadic play and kind of just mush it together to get some some semblance of consistency. Yeah, that's the main thing. So like you said earlier in your conversations, y'all were talking about, well, TJ had a groin injury. Highsmith's been banged up. It's like once we get our team settled, you know, a COVID hit. So it's just like we just don't have the – everybody would just stay healthy a week, you know, week to week, the next four weeks, then – like you said, you, you're saying there's a chance. We got one. <laughs> you're saying there's yeah. a chance, yes. Just like in Dumb and Dumber. It's one in a million. Yeah. You say, so you're telling me there's a chance. But that's the beauty of it. That's how you've got to approach it. Is you, if I always view it as a player. Is that This is what I thought as a player. You know, I never cashed in my brain for the broadcaster brain. You know, it's always been as – as a player, you just think that way. It's 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 who I am, and so you you've got to go with that hope because hope never never lets you down. You know, I mean, you know, even when you lose, you still have hope that the next year, the next time, the next circumstance similar to that, you're able to rise to the challenge. It's the way you live. I don't know. It's at least for me. All right, we got to go to yes, break. Sir. Thank you, Big John. Appreciate it, brother. Yes, sir. Y'all be safe. Good luck, son. For Sunday, let's go. All right, thank you so much, All and right. we'll be let's back with it. the wrap up, folks. This is in the locker room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Well, it's the bell lap here in the locker room. Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas, ESPN Pittsburgh Steelers Nation Radio. All right, we, uh, we're going to wind up with the boys from uh, Carolina and from Chicago. And uh, let's go to the phones because CR and Juan, I believe, are there. And let's bring them in the locker room. Good morning, guys. CR, Steelers Nation Chicago. Uh, the Carolina Connection running solo today. Uh, oh, Juan, Juan's taking the day you. off, huh? Uh, oh. Yeah, so when he doesn't call, so I, I don't know what's going on. I, I got to get with him. But uh, okay. I just wanted to, um, oh, let me give you some updates. What's going on? Hey, hold on. Okay. <laughs> we got six calls yesterday, 237 calls this season and counting. And want to congratulate Greg from Du Bois. That's his first time call today. So welcome on board, Greg. Um. Hey, guys, you guys been all over the place today, man. Oh, I don't yeah. even know which way to go with y'all. Y'all just kind of like doing it, you know? We're having fun. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah, that's right. It's a party. Hey, well, <laughs> hey, well you might as well party. We're having a hard time trying to catch up. But hmm. I, do like, I, li- I do like the enthusiasm about, um, you know, just, just keep going. Because, hey, you know, every day it's a brand new day. You, know, you never know what's going on. That's but, right. But, um, I'm going to change the subject for a minute. Uh, last night in the, in the game, uh, the guys kicked back-to-back 53-yard field goals. Uh, what do you think about that? Say that again. No, I didn't I, hear you. I said in the game last night, oh. they kicked back-to-back 53-yard field goals, the same kicker. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's Matt Prater, right? Matt Prater has that history. I mean, you remember from his time, you know, with the Lions and the Broncos, like Prater had this thunderous leg. And when you're in a dome, you, you could sit there and you can go. Uh, you could kick further distances because you don't have to account for the win. And Matt Prater's been that consummate pro. You know, he has a great story. If you ever get a chance, you know, read up on Matt Prater, kind of how he turned his life around because um, he was going in a downward spiral. So really? for him to get back into that position, yeah, um, you know, it's pretty awesome to see that. Um, I'm surprised the Cardinals did not kick the field goal earlier in that game yeah, to keep it, too. you know, me to too. take it down to me seven. Too. Yeah, because yeah, so that was an interesting thing. But And then how about this, CR? How about that onside kick recovery? That how, was sensational. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How great that was, was nice. that move? That, that was nice. <laughs> but uh, – uh, too, too much, too late. You know, just a little bit yeah. too late, man. But uh, yeah, it was. And Aaron Donald stepped up so. at the end. <laughs> yeah, he, he kept throwing. He kept throwing those those interceptions. But anyway, let's get back to Pittsburgh. Uh, uh, yeah. You guys, like I said, you you've been all over the place. Um, you guys been just talking all kinds of stuff. It's interesting to hear you guys talk and uh, the connection between the two of you. You know, both being offense, both playing for the same team. Uh, did you guys actually cross paths? Were you actually on the same team at the same time? I, I don't think No, so. no. No, no. Yeah. I no, played against no. his dad, all right? Yeah, was, uh, he played against my dad. So that's as close <laughs> as I came to playing against or with Max. <laughs> yeah. So uh, w- w- when you saw him first start playing, uh, Wolf, what was your immediate, uh, um, your, your immediate look at him? What was your immediate thought? Well, you talking about Max? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I, I always – the fun that I had was when uh, I interviewed Max when he was a young buck, and I finished the interview by stepping in front of him so that he was right behind me. And I said, the interesting thing is that we both at one time played the same position, but what a difference in size is, <laughs> as we were talking about two different eras. And Max is looking at the top of my head, you know. <laughs> wow. So there's yeah. a real difference there. But, yes, always impressed. And I always love because Max had the greatest comment ever. When he said after wearing the Bumblebee jerseys, uh, I interviewed him again after game another time, and I and he said no self-respecting fat guy should ever be made to wear horizontal stripes. And I thought that was just yes. tremendous. That's a, that's a drop the mic moment, man. <laughs> so Max won my heart back in the day because we were buddies yeah. then. Yeah. You know what? Uh, what I was thinking about what you guys were talking about the other day about you know guys in the locker room. Imagine what it would have been like for, uh, you know, for you guys to be in the locker room at the same time, and you can pass that history down to him. You can pass that legacy down to him. You can correct him when he's when he's wrong. You know that man to man talking. Uh, and as we said the other day, that's one of the things that we're missing in the locker room today. But uh, you know, hey. We, no, we no, what, no. Wait happens. a minute. I'm not saying we're missing it. Okay, because we don't know those private conversations, because even though the signs might not be there like it was back in my day where it said what you see here, what you say here, what you do here stays here when you leave here. here. All right. Mm -hmm. That's been that's been the modus operandi for the Steelers locker room for most of the time that I've ever been around it. Now, obviously, there were some uh, problems when A.B. was doing some stuff and so forth. But some look problems. at okay. the, the – I, I will say this. Overall, Max knows better because he's more of a, a newer generation type player. But those conversations, instructions still go on the locker room, I would imagine, Max. Yeah, they, they still go on. They still go on the yes, are we in a different, you know, generation and a different age, oh, yeah. you know, digitally. 
but you know there there's still there's still that that cast of leaders you know the one i think my one my one critique on it was there wasn't enough per position group you know there wasn't a one per and i think that's kind of my only difference whereas you know when wolf came in when i came in there there were established leaders in every single position group and now the way it is you don't really get that there's not enough guys to go around because of the way the NFL set up collective bargaining, you don't get those what I call middle-aged players that you can keep mm. in every group to really make a difference to where it resonates a little bit differently. We still have the leaders, the overall leadership, but the middle management leaders, we don't have as many of those. We have a lot younger teams. This is the fourth youngest team in the NFL. Average is 26 years old. Um, so it's not as much experience spread throughout. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they're trying, and like you said, they're up and down. This is just one of those years. CR, CR we're, we're down to a minute, buddy. We got to go. Okay, well, I can sum this up real quick. In the meantime, and in between time, here we go, <laughs> Steelers. Here we go. Thank you so much, CR. I appreciate it, brother. And, you know, truly, Max, Thanks, that is, is really what it's all about, you know, being able to have that uh, that winning culture in the locker room. And it's, it's established with the players. We got less than 30 seconds, so – Say bye to everybody, Max. <laughs> bye, everybody. No, no, no. We'll be back tomorrow, and I promise we will be more Steeler-centric on the on the current roster. I there promise. you go. Hey, thanks so much, so much for joining us. For Max and I and Ninja Jacob, we'll be back tomorrow. Don't stick around because the Mike Tomlin press conference is coming up next.